Hi, I'm Carlyn Holbrook. I'm a John Maxwell team certified coach, teacher, trainer, speaker, published author, and influencer with more than 25 years of global leadership experience. If there's one thing I've seen firsthand time and time again, it's that the best leaders inspire others to follow their purpose and their passions, while the influence of a bad leader can literally tear down people's potential. Join me for a few sips of leadership tips that will help you become a better leader by first conquering the hardest person to lead, you. I've always been a fan of flavored coffee, and but not super sweet coffee. I don't put sugar in my coffee or sweeteners, and a lot of the syrups and such I don't care for. Um, on occasion, a chestnut praline, yay, it's you know holiday season now at Starbucks. Um, but even then, it's like, can you just do one pump or half a pump? I just want a little hint of something. And same with my K-Cups at home, because that's my easy way of just grabbing a cup in the morning. I normally like hazelnut and vanilla and, you know, different flavors. And H-E-B has flavors like snickernut and and pecan, Texas pecan and such, too. And But lately, I've just gotten back to, like, really basic coffee. And it's actually kind of tasting better to me. And it's funny how when you switch back, and again, I'm not sponsored by any of these people. I'm just sharing with you all what I'm drinking. But Newman's Organic um, Coffee K-Cups are awesome. And I love, love, love Dark Magic by Green Mountain. And I'm a big fan of very strong, robust coffee. Like I love chicory coffee when I go to New Orleans and such. And it's funny, when I'm drinking that for a while, and I don't put cream in it either. I'm I'm basic black, and, and I'm more than fine with that. And uh, I, but then it's funny, like I go back and I try like, oh, I'll try one of those hazelnut, you know, K-cups or something again. And then it feels, tastes overly sweet. Like it's almost too much. And I was thinking about this in analogies of life as one does when they drink coffee in the morning. Don't we all? No, just me. Okay. Um, That when we go back from things that are like over overly fluffy or complicated or too much or sparkly or whatever and then we go back to very simple and basic and enjoy the simple joys in life and then we try to go back to the other stuff it's like ah, it kind of becomes noise after a while and like unnecessary and I was thinking about this too and how we just get so wrapped up especially this time of year in complicated lives and we overthink gift giving and time with family and friends and plans and what should we do and everything we have to make it perfect we got to do this we got to do that and it's like why don't we just get back to basics and maybe I think I was talking to a friend of mine recently too and it's like why do we do so much out of obligatory reasons well I have to go see my family because it's the holidays do you do you really have to well I have to you know give gifts to everybody I know because that's just what we do do you want to do that is that good for your bank account I mean I don't know I just feel like we do so much because we feel like it's expected of us and out of obligation when in the reality is if we stopped and actually listened to our own hearts and heads, we probably wouldn't do half the stuff we do. And then all it does is make you more bitter and resentful down the road or more sensitive to, well, I did all this and they didn't even appreciate it, or I did all this and they didn't. It's like, well, then stop doing it. Stop putting yourself in that. Go back to simple, simple life, simple joys. Um, 
my husband and I are very boring around the holidays. And I mean, we had very, I know I did. I can't really speak as much for him, but I know growing up, we had hardcore family traditions. We'd go to my grandparents' house on Christmas Eve. You know, we'd usually stay home on Christmas Day or we'd go to my sister's house and her then, you know, husband at the time, my brother-in-law, Larry. And so we did have traditions of getting together and everything. And when we moved to Florida, it became more difficult and more expensive to travel, too, around the holidays. And there was a part of me that was a little bummed about it, that it's like, oh, well, we don't have those those times together anymore. But, well, our family was also changing, and people were moving and growing into different places. But also it became an opportunity for us to make our own traditions and do our own things. And why does it have to be conventional? Why does it have to look like everyone else's? Why does it have to look like a Norman Rockwell painting? It certainly doesn't. So we like to keep things simple. I don't remember the last time Todd and I bought each other birthday, anniversary, or Christmas gifts. Because just because that's what people do. Instead, what we do is we like to go have experiences. And I don't really care for cooking a whole lot. So I'd rather go out to eat and let them do the dishes. So we try different restaurants on Thanksgiving or Christmas Day or Eve. And sometimes we do just stay home and just make finger foods and just, you know, the things that we like to do. Who's to say that that's not a tradition? We can do whatever we want. I don't know. It just strikes me funny when I talk to people. It's like they're frazzled and feeling like, oh, my gosh, I have to do all these things, when the reality is, well, you're doing that to yourself, and you're putting those expectations and obligations on yourself. Some of my favorite Thanksgivings were when we ordered Four Rivers barbecue catering the day before, and we laid it out the next day, heated up, laid it out, and then just sat and chilled and watched movies and hung out and ate good food. That's it. And I don't even, and it wasn't even traditional food. Oh my gosh, you didn't have turkey on Thanksgiving? It reminds me of that Friends episode when, when Joey gets upset because Monica doesn't want to make a whole turkey because only three people are going to eat it. And he's like, what? There's, it's not Thanksgiving without turkey. Um, it's like having Friday with no two pizzas. You got to have turkey on Thanksgiving. And I get it that we get used to certain types of foods, right, at this time of year. I understand that. But I don't think we should be entrapped by that. I don't think we should be limited by that. I think we should think more broadly. And I feel like in this time, too, in a post-pandemic you know, pandemic world, for most of us anyway, is what do you want your traditions to now be? What do you want to do on the holidays? What sounds like a good time to you? I was talking to my women's circle recently, and I love it. Some of them are like, I just want to like veg out and watch Hallmark movies and eat ice cream and cookies and bad things. And it's like, hey, if that feels like joy to you, a simple joy, do it. Again, no one's to say you have to do anything. And I think that there is power in that simplicity. And there's power in determining, like, what is that one thing? What is that simple thing? So there's a book, and I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, I've started reading it um, by Gary Keller called The Power of One Thing. And generally speaking, it's basically the idea that one thing doing one thing at a time a single task at a time and focusing on something specific is the quickest way and the best way to success of anything of any big goals etc so I was reading this summary and then ironically um, I was vegging on one recent um, week weekend I think morning or something and I decided to watch city slickers Everyone's like, oh, it's an old movie. Or if you're Gen Z, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But I was with Billy Crystal and Jack Palance. 
super fun movie. And I forgot, like, just, you know, all the good. It was just very funny, very comedic, et cetera. But what I love in it, Curly is the nickname of the, and he's like a salty cowboy, like he's old school. And oh, I bet his coffee is probably just like mud over a campfire. Good times, right? Good stuff. But Curly's thing and his big lesson throughout the movie, because these are essentially three guys who are city guys, and they're all in different sort of midlife crisis places in their lives. So they go to on this to a cattle ranch to do a cattle drive. And um, get out in the open air and, you know, do something kind of nutty. And Curly is the cowboy that leads them on this. And he keeps saying, you know, life is only about one thing. It's just one thing. And, of course, Billy Crystal's character asks, well, what is it? He's like, you have to figure that out for yourself. You're one thing. And I thought, oh, that's so powerful because in this in this world of complexity and we have to-do lists that are like 50,000 things on them. And again, this time of year when we throw all of these tasks on ourselves, it's like the simplicity of life just being about one thing I think is awesome. And just doing one task, one big thing for today. What am I going to do today that's going to be meaningful and impactful and make a difference instead of the flurry of activity of 50 other things I could do and running around the house and then collapse exhausted by the end of the day? And then do you ever have those days, and I have them way too much, where you know you've been working for like 12, 14 hours and go, 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 flurry of activity. And at the end of the day, if you reflect on what you actually accomplish, you don't feel very accomplished. It's like, oh, I just did a lot of activities. Did I even move the needle? Did I even do something? And we're, we're not wired for this, everybody. Like even neuroscience studies, Google them. We are not wired to multitask. There's no such thing as multitasking. And yet we keep using that, especially in the corporate world, over and over again. Like it's a badge of freaking honor. It's like, oh, I got to multitask. I got to multitask. Well, then guess what? When you're multitasking on that Zoom call, you are not engaged and not paying attention to what's really going on. So chances are you probably missed important updates. You missed an opportunity to engage with your coworkers and colleagues. Um, and when you're multitasking, quote unquote, right, then you're probably also not sending out the best written email or slacks or texts or teams or whatever it is you use, right? I mean, you can't do any multiple things at the same time well. You have to be able to focus on one thing at a time. Get back to basics, get back to simplicity, and just focus on that one thing. Well, let's get into some sips. First sip, make a success list instead of a to-do list. But then write down all the things and then choose maybe five, three to five, and that's it. So instead of overwhelming yourself, which they are overwhelming, right? Like if you sit down and do a to-do list in any format, whether it's electronic or written or whatever, it's like, oh my gosh, that's overwhelming. I have so many things to do. So don't try to do them all. Just do a few and make sure you do them and do them well and cut out all the noise around you as much as you possibly can. I was at a, a leadership event this week and I was listening to Jennifer Moss. She was one of the keynote speakers and she was awesome. She wrote a book called um, The Burnout Epidemic, which I totally need to order. And what was so fascinating, what she was talking about is that the burnout epidemic, and she showed the picture, I think it went viral too, of, of a mom who's sitting pantsless in her underwear in, in a living room, um, a computer here, kid in a playpen there, 
TV over here, house a wreck. I mean, just this overwhelming. And the picture just gives you these overwhelming feelings of angst, right? And it's like, why do we, we keep doing this to ourselves? And I think people feel like they're out of control. They, they don't have control over their lives. But the truth is we absolutely have control over our lives, over our calendars. Even if you work for a company or for someone else, we can control the things that we focus on and the tasks. And as leaders... Give your team control. Give them trust. Trust them to make their to-do lists, to-do lists and to choose the most priority things that they need to get done. And if they don't know, help them and narrow it way down. I, I love my overachievers who, when you ask them for goals for the following year, they give you a list of like 10 or 15 things. I'm like, choose two or three for the year. Big, meaningful, impactful things, yes. But quantity is not quality. All right, so make a success list and then define success differently. That's the other thing with this. Success might look different to everybody. And it's probably not a task that, okay, well, I got to do laundry. Does that really give you the feelings of success? No, it's a chore. But then when you're focusing on the big goals and the big drivers of the things that put the fire in the belly and make you excited and that you want to work on and want to do and know that that's where your sweet spot is, then focus on those and prioritize those things. All right. So sip number two, Marie Kondo, your life. I'm, I'm doing some of this right now too. It's like, how do we collect so much crap? Seriously. I think it's both Marie Kondo physical stuff in your life, like just keep it simple and don't feel like you have to have all the new and best and shiny everything. Um, just go back to basics, back to simplicity of the things and the needs. Like truly, if you held everything in your hand in your house and you said, is this a need or a want? You know, what would that be? And I get that there's sentimental attachment to sometimes physical things, but even think about that and consider those things as well. Does it, it's still a thing. And is the sentiment that that inanimate object triggers a wonderful memory? Maybe write the memory down in a journal, more meaningful that way, because a thing could get lost, could get destroyed, could anything happen. I think about all the people who lost everything in Hurricane Ian, and then even the devastation of Tropical Storm Nicole along the, the beach areas. And they lost stuff. And I hope they didn't lose. I mean, people sadly were, of course, their lives were lost. But the things, they could get destroyed at any time. So if you're putting all of your sentiment and your value in things, that's, it's not, that doesn't have longevity to it. It's not real. It really is more what that thing triggers in, in your heart and your mind when you see it. So can you take digital photos of things? you know, digitize things, scan things. And again, writing and journaling out those memories will be meaningful when you can read back your voice or your kids or your grandkids can read back your voice in years to come. I think it's important that we also Marie Kondo the people in our lives. If people in your lives are not adding value to you, if you're not adding value to them, if they trigger, you know, trauma or bringing, bringing things and negativity into your life, bringing you down, um, who needs them? I don't care, if, and I, I know I've talked about this a lot, but I don't care if they're blood, DNA. DNA does not make a family. DNA means nothing. It doesn't mean that people 
just because you happen to be born into a specific family tree on Ancestry, you know, .com or whatever, means that you need to have those people in your life and like those people. There's plenty of siblings out there that have nothing in common, nothing alike, and don't agree. And so you're going to force them to be in a room together when all they want to do is leave that room? It makes no sense to me. And, I mean, my gosh, I know it's a drastic example, but, you know, people have been molested by their their parents, their aunts and uncles. So you're going to say, oh, but their family. You should still, like, talk to them and have them over for Thanksgiving. Are you kidding me? So Marie Kondo your life in every way, shape, and form. Marie Kondo also the clutter in your own mind, right? The intangibles, the negative thinking, the negative thoughts that come into your head, the things that are keeping you from that one thing that you want, that you know that is your purpose, is your calling, is, is part of your life. So clean out the clutter. Get ready for that new year because it's, it's right around the corner. So start now. All right, final sip. Be healthfish. I don't know, I'm making up words. Healthfish, healthfish. I said healthfish um, because to me, selfish, I know it sounds very negative and people say a lot of self-care kind of things but I kind of like the word health better because I feel like health is not just physical it's physical it's mental it's social health it's spiritual health it's so many different things in fact Jennifer Moss is talking about there's seven types of rest seven types it's like I'm gonna get them all wrong because I gotta read her book but physical social creative rest, mental rest, um, spiritual rest. It was all these things. But I feel like, too, for yourself, what are, what are the choices that you can make to simplify your life, your plans, your environment, to be a little more healthfish? Because without you, without taking care of you, then you're not going to be able to fulfill your God-given gifts, your talents, your purpose, your calling, none of it. It's not going to matter. And I know this time of year also gets challenging for people too, especially on social media. And you guys know I love social media. And I really, really do try to just take everything as it's the highlights reel. Because I know you're not, I'm not putting everything on social. I know other people aren't either. They're not putting the yucky stuff. They're putting the perfectly, you know, like set tables and the perfect de- decorations and the awesome plans they get to do and they're, and they're everyone's sharing that. And I think it's fun. Like, let's relish in that. But I don't think anyone's posting, like, when their kids are screaming and they're trying to wrap gifts or, you know, the kids get lost in the store when you're there or the dog, you know, pushes down the tree or the fighting over the family stuff. You know, nobody's posting that stuff. So... And also, I know there's so many opportunities for plans this time of year and things going on. Um, I love the phrase that's popped up in pop culture, JOMO, because FOMO, fear of missing out, right? People have FOMO of, of things that are going on or, oh, my gosh, you're doing that. And I wish I was there. It's like this horrible, jealousy, envious kind of um, reaction that we need to just get out of our brains and our hearts. But I love JOMO, the joy of missing out. And again, I go back to like you know, what my friend said. I was like, I just want to lay on the couch and watch Hallmark movies and eat some ice cream. And, and not in a very sad or depression type way. It's just that's something that brings me joy. If it brings you joy, one of the things, as you all know, that brings me joy is to go sit in a coffee shop and write and read and just be still and be there and brings me joy. So 
when you see other people doing all these big plans or traveling or doing stuff, be like, yeah, I'm all right because I'm doing my thing over here. And there is sometimes some joy of missing out on some of those things. If it feels too hard and you're dreading going to a family gathering this holiday season, don't go. And you don't owe anybody a response. You don't owe anybody an explanation except I'm just not down for it this year. Just not up for it. Love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever it is. But it's okay to forego those things. It's okay to have some Jomo in your life and to be a little more healthfish. So, like our friend Curly from the movie City Slickers, what's your one thing? Dial down on that. Think about that. Consider that. Have a cup of coffee over it. And find that out and start really thinking about that one thing and that one thing that will create joy that is your purpose, that is your vision for your life. 2023 is right around the corner and it's so exciting. It's the start of a whole new year, a whole new you, a whole new everything. And I, I know this 2022 hasn't been great for everybody. Last few years have been tough for everyone for a lot of reasons. But joy always comes in the morning. And there's always an opportunity to change the future, to transform what you're doing. You have the power to do that. It's all about the choices you make. Just don't try to do it all. Just try to do one thing. Thank you for having a cup of coffee with me. For more sips and tips, connect with me on social and follow Leader Sips on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. And don't forget to visit my website, carlinholbrook.com. Until next time, keep on brewing.